Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, his high school buddy was implicated in a murder on a California pot farm. A journalist heads west to find out what happened. We'll review Crooked City, the Emerald Triangle. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband, and the sometimes love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. What's up, dude? Yeah, what was that all about? Well, sometimes before we start the show, you play random sound effects on the oh, board that yeah, interrupt that, my introduction. And yeah, that only me, you can hear. Well, the mm-hmm. other people can hear them, too. The listeners mm-hmm. can't hear them. But Toby and Laura can, and they yeah. know. Mm-hmm. That's all fun. Here, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to put my headphones Right up to the microphone. Okay. Right? Okay. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna redo the introduction so the listeners can hear what you do to me and they'll understand why I sometimes hate you. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it again. You ready? Yeah. I'm Rebecca Lavoy and this is Crime Writers On. <laughs> yeah, that's the shit that happens every time. And that's why sometimes when we start the podcast, it sounds like I hate Kevin. So there's that. Hate is a very strong yeah, word. Yeah, really. Rebecca. really no, I, use, I don't like that word. Be better. Okay. Be better, Rebecca. Be best, Be best Be Rebecca. Best. How about some more warm fuzzies and fewer cold prickles? I don't want to yeah. be like Richard Dreyfuss's son. <laughs> oh my God, what the hell was going on with that dude? Dude, that dude, man. He's disgusting. He's disgusting. I, he, he used to be kind of funny. Now he's the worst. Oh no, he's always been terrible. But like oh, he, really? he's in on this tweet where he like fat shamed somebody. He wasn't actually yeah. fat. And then he also like shit on bisexuals. So he's like, he's both like phobic in every way, but also disgusting. Yeah, that kid is disgusting. Ben Dreyfus. You can go to hell. Anyway, uh, we have a mystery to solve. Before we do that, Kevin, this Let's is... Let's introduce everybody else. Oh, that's right. We never introduced everybody. <laughs> also joining us <laughs> is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of The Final Curtain, Lara Bricker. Hi, Lara. Hey, Rebecca. And finally, our captain of all things cynical, the author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcasts, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. All right. So, Kevin, as I was saying, yeah, this is Monday's podcast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, of course, people don't listen on Mondays. Well, not. So it's that. not obvious, but move along. What is happening on the next program coming out later this week? We're going to be talking about the Netflix film, The Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker. All right. Looking forward to that. What a great title that movie has, eh? It, yes, it has a great title. Sure. Okay. So before we start the show. We have a mystery we need to throw out to the universe of our listeners. Okay. And hopefully one of them yeah. can solve it. 
Laura, would you like to tell us what arrived at your house and why it is a mystery? Yeah, I would like to tell you. So I arrived home and there was three giant boxes from Amazon on my front steps and they all had those big yellow stickers that said heavy lift with care. And I thought, did I get another book shipment? I'm like, I didn't order books. And I was like, huh. So we carried them inside. I'm like, I wonder what this is. Opened all the boxes. They were filled with cases and cases of hint water Hmm. and one giant bag of organic Goji berries. Uh, <laughs> by the way, is Hint Water, is that a national brand? Is that regional? Does everybody yeah, know what that you is? Can, That's... Apparently you can buy it on Amazon and have it shipped to you yeah. mm-hmm. or at the store. I don't know if you can get it in store, but anyway. Yeah, you so can get like, it at stores. Do they sell it a market basket? I don't market know. basket? I have they no do. idea. For like $2. go to the water section. Go to the water section. I can get it at the store. I don't have to order it. Well, the first thing I thought was, geez, we got a new podcast sponsor. And you guys said no. And then I went online and I thought, did my cats like accidentally step on something on my computer and order something? Could be. I looked in my Amazon orders. Was it Will? No, nobody ordered it on my Amazon account. There was no note in it. It was clearly addressed to me at my address. Um, So So you took the hint. I Hmm. took the hint and I started drinking the water. So if I get like knocked (laughs) off by tomorrow... Y'all have a really big mystery to solve because so, somebody sent me some tainted water. Yeah, so if you're out there, he said Thank taint. you. Thank you for the water. I like the water. She said taint. If, you, uh, <laughs> if you're out there and you sent that water to Lara, step up. And somehow know her new address. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we get stuff in the mail from listeners and it's like really lovely. And like, I used to feel weird about it, but now I'm like, sure, thank you. Whatever. I'm just going to be nice about it. Occasionally it's a mystery. Some people send notes, but sometimes shit comes from like a third party. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say recently, the other thing that's been happening is a lot of our listeners have been sending things to the Water Street bookstore for me. Nice. And right. so the bookstore will say, we got another pack. So um, Sherry Druckmann sent me recently some CBD infused bath bombs and some body butter nice. to the bookstore. That was very exciting. Toby, but do you know what body butter is? I it's don't. Very, it's yeah, very don't smooth, Toby. It's very smooth on the hand. What do you it's, do with it? Is it called lotion? You can leave it to your imagination, Toby. No, it's body butter. It's better than lotion. You use it to so? butter your body. Mm-hmm. It's like rolling around in toast. <laughs> what? Like a cob of corn. It's like yeah. slippery. Wait, you it's just made that. You just like made a that. Cob of corn. You just made that so unpleasant. You went from body <laughs> butter, a very sensual, wonderful experience, to rolling around in toast. That was like the whitest guy, Toby. old man interpretation of that situation, Kevin. Who wants I, to roll around in toast? I don't know. I don't want to roll around in toast. It's An like, English muffin. It's I like don't... it's like putting the like the two ends and the end, and the corn and like rolling it around and yeah. The, mm-hmm. Is that what you're yeah, thinking? Was, yeah, yeah, corn mm-hmm. of the cob. Yeah, just like that. That's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you know what you should do with that? You take a little bit of butter and you put it on a piece of bread and then you roll it around your corn and then you have buttered corn and a piece of buttered bread with corn shit all over. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm telling you, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> or you just do your corn in a piece of foil on the grill that has butter in it. Mm. And you pull it off the grill. Yeah, that's the way we do it. Pre-buttered. Right. Okay, okay. Delicious. Well, anyway, um, thank you for the water. I, I took the hint that says water that makes you heart water. And I've had oh, about 10 of them today. Never so really oh, my God. I'm, I'm heart in the water. I so we're taking a few water. breaks during this <laughs> taping is what yeah. you're trying to say? I'm super, somebody thought I needed to hydrate. I don't know. I drink no water. Everyone who knows me knows I drink no water unless it's mixed with uh, alcohol, hot chocolate, or coffee. <laughs> 
No water. I have like, I'm the least hydrated person in the world because hydration is a bullshit concept. I'll send you some hint water, Rebecca. All right. The only water I like is uh, (laughs) hot dog water. When they boil it off. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's kind of gross. Okay. I wonder if maybe hint could have hot dog flavor. Hot dog flavor. It's a hint. A hint hint of of hot dogs. A hint of weenie. nitrites. All of nitrites. A hint of weenie sounds better, too. Oh, my God. A hint of weenies. God. Weenie water. Both sides. That's a a different flavor. (laughs) Red Sox hot dog water. Uh. All right. I think we should probably get to the podcast that we're all here to discuss. Let's do that. All right. I'm finally going to drop that first clip right now. Leading off. And then I shine the light on him. And he just had that, 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 that stare. I've only seen him fucking movies. I've only ever fucking seen him movies and like it creeped me fuck out. When journalist Sam Anderson learned a high school friend was wanted for the murder of a Northern California pot farmer, he set off to prove his innocence. He discovered the infamous Emerald Triangle was not the hippie Shangri-La it was made out to be. Are you gonna go interview people in the hills in Mendocino? In my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm going to show up my little podcast gear. I'm going to be like, hey, my name's Sam. Hell I'm gonna- fucking <laughs> no, dude. Good luck with that, man. Anderson tries to reconcile the friend of his youth with the man implicated in a fatal confrontation. He seeks answers as to what happened in the hills that drove Zach Worcester to violence. What happened out there in those mountains to cause this totally normal hippie kid to become involved in a horrible murder? I realized I'd probably never know the answer, unless I went to the Emerald Triangle myself to investigate. In Crooked City, the Emerald Triangle, Anderson makes his way through California's strange and dangerous marijuana harvesting culture. Did Zach lead seven others to kill the farmer who ripped them off, or was he just an unwitting accomplice? Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Crooked City, Emerald Triangle. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. All right. So Kevin, this podcast begins with our host, Sam, basically Mm -hmm. at his hometown going like to a party and being like, so guys, you think our friend did it or not? Is that a good place to start an investigative story? Well, actually, I believe if I'm not mistaken, it opens with all this body cam footage yeah. that's uh, technically technically where okay yes. i like that i yeah. definitely I like liked that yeah i mean it was good use and it really set up what the stakes are and we get you know sort of an inside ear on you know stuff as it happened you're talking about sort of like the next scene i'm talking though. about yeah. before he gets his source is an in-between scene where he's literally yeah. at a party and he's just talking to friends and he, they're like no i couldn't possibly yeah. i have- think that's the start of episode two yeah, yeah they're all like yeah no fucking way there's no a lot of way. scenes like this in the podcast where he's just hanging out with people who are just speculating about what could or couldn't have happened. I'm just curious as to your thoughts about that kind of like interstitial sourcing in the podcast. Thoughts? Well, I mean, what are people going to say? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like some of that is you're hanging with friends who don't really have any first you know, hand knowledge, but. You know, they're going to say, yeah, I don't think he he did it. And then like they're going to go then they're going to go talk to a bunch of people from the hills and like, oh, I think this happened. And then eventually they're going to start talking to all of the other, not all, but some of the other people involved in the crime. And, you know, nobody's really a, a reliable narrator here, the people that he's talking to. So 
anyway, I, I would imagine, you know, every journey starts somewhere. And this is where he wanted to start the journey, make it a personal one. Hmm. You mean the shaman medicine woman wasn't reliable to you, Kevin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one with whom he was drinking champagne in a car? Is that who you're talking about? Uh, <laughs> I thought it was perfect to start that way because this is sort of a like... The whole story seems to be like a check out this fucked up thing that happened to this guy I went to high school with. Yep. Like type of story. And so it's like the kind of thing you talk about at parties, right? It's like, oh, you you think that's messed up? My buddy Zach like killed a marijuana dealer up in Humboldt County. Right. You know? I mean, that that seems like that's the, the genesis of this whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there are a bunch of happenstances, right, Toby, that sort of happened like kind of in a row. What do you think about that? Yeah. So this is kind <laughs> of a tough for me. The tough start was just right in a row. It's like he goes to a party in New York and just happens to run into a guy who worked on the mountain. Uh, it's talking about what it's like to be, you know, a weed grower, you know, a weed cleaner, all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, well, maybe like you run into all kinds of people in New York. And then the next thing is he goes to Laytonsville and he goes to this bar. So Laytonsville's in, in the town, like beneath the mountain. The wagon spoke saloon or something. Yeah. And he, and he walks in and he's like looking around. He's like, I'll talk to that guy. Cause he's just kind of hanging out by himself. And then it turns out that guy had actually shown up in Laytonsville to go and visit the grave of the very guy he's investigating. So I walk over and ask him, how's your day going? He looks up at me with glassy blue eyes, as if awakening from a dream. I'm okay, he says. I was just at the cemetery, paying my respects to an old friend who was killed in this town. I ask him, who's your friend? He responds, Jeffrey Settler. And not only that, he needs to ride back to San Francisco which he doesn't gives him. And then they go to a, a field party where they run into somebody who used to live with the same guy. And at this point, I'm like, come on, like, seriously, like you just went from one person to the next person, to the next person, like everywhere you go, somebody knows this guy, you know, it's just like after like three weeks, like this happened, like, could you mention it? Or is it just like literally all this stuff is like kind of falling into place for you. And wouldn't you be reflective on the fact that you showed up in like a town and just happened to run into this one guy who was visiting for this one day to visit this one guy's grave. It was just after that, I was like, I don't really know how to take a lot of other kind of narrative stuff. This guy's just super lucky. Toby. He's got this. Is he? Here's the other question I have, Laura. (laughs) And I will say there's one other piece of tape in this podcast that I have questions about. And that is when he calls somebody who's a friend of Zach's or who was involved in the thing. And the guy says, okay, I'll talk. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I am guessing that maybe you guys recreated the beginning of this conversation because literally nobody would ever be like, okay. I'll talk unless like it's like, OK, well, let's just like do it like we started again. I'm not I'm literally I have no idea what happened, but there's a lot of that kind of thing happening in this podcast. And Laura, you sort of made a note about like you sort of have this feeling about this host about him kind of stumbling around in the show. And, you know, it was evocative for you in a, in a, in a way. Yeah, well, I mean, it was very entertaining, but I did have some questions about, you know, we've talked about journalistically sort of practices that we all follow. And right off the bat, he's at the party and he's drinking. I'm like, whatever. Like, I can't say I haven't recorded Leave it to Brickers while I've been out drinking, but they're just (laughs) like entertaining things. But then he's like driving that guy to San Francisco and they're like, 
freaking Cheech and Chong the whole way there. And it just seems like we're in this like episode of throwback to Woodstock or something. But but in a way that I just kind of question, like, how credible is the reporting in this if the person that is doing the reporting is maybe under the influence of something every single recording they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, but also I was like, okay, flip side, let's take a step back. Cause it was entertaining for me to listen to. I was like, Oh, here he goes again. Oh, now he's hiking up a mountain and he's going to reflect and like smoke some weed with some guy. And now they're going to smoke a bowl and you're going to hear the sound effects, which were good. But you know, on the, on the flip side, I'm like, okay, this is like when undercover cops go in and need to establish credibility that they are not cops, that they are not narcs, that they are not snitches. And so we all know that the undercover cops participate in certain activities when they are undercover. So I was like, okay, on the flip side, maybe it's like that. But it just kind of, as it went on to me, I don't know. It was it was a journey. I'll just call it a journey. To me, I'll just reflect on it. Because first of all, weed is legal in California. Yeah, like, Drinking is. is legal. You know, hanging out with your sources is legal. The issue for me was that one of the first people that we hear from in the podcast who knew Jeff, aside from the guy who then later overdoses, like before and after we hear him on mic, which is an issue in and of itself, is that one of the like sources we hear from, from Jeff is somebody he meets at a party that he talks to in the car while they are drinking together, right? And that's a character setup, this Jesus-Jeff thing. Very clearly a uncredible character source, right? Fine. Completely fine. And then we keep going. And we were pretty lit up on, you know, we were pretty lit up. We were really high on psychedelics. That was that was Jeff's thing. You know, that's how he tested people. But this source is given the same weight in the podcast as the cop who investigated the story. There's no sort of measure of like, hey, you know, this is a person that you take him at their word. But, you know, this is this is kind of the situation in which I met them. But this is like. You know, here's what I heard here. But everybody is given the same amount of weight, like everybody's version of the story. It's like, well, I heard this and then I heard this and then I heard this. But it's never like, but keep in mind, I also heard this from somebody who was drunk and high at a party that like was you know, late at, at four in the morning that I was super high with. You know what I mean? So that's that's my only issue with it is that everything is given the same balance. Mm-hmm. But Kevin, you had like a, a sound, Laura just mentioned the sound effects. Like that was all right. Oh yeah. I, th- I thought that was unnecessary. I mean, we've been talking <laughs> about this for you mean, six years now. And then, like, I mean, unlike with music that you use to maybe highlight, you know, an important thing or achieve an effect. I just think in, in journalistic podcasts, that sound effects are just unnecessary. We don't need to hear you talking about something that happened in the past and then carved doors closing and tires screeching and stuff like that. It doesn't add anything. And in fact, it detracts because now that I know that that was, you know, a sound effect that was thrown in there, I start questioning all the other sounds that I hear. Were you really in this field when I heard all this natural sound, this ambient sound, or was that thrown in a studio too? And I just, again, certainly not the first time we've talked about that. And I thought that that was unnecessary. In the middle of the night, James wakes up. He hears a rustling sound coming from the forest and can just make out the murmuring of voices. Someone has opened the door to the garage 
I like the LSD sound effect when it was like, what would it be like <laughs> if you were being given LSD yeah. all night and to stay up? I thought that was fun. I didn't hate that. I didn't hate the whole LSD <laughs> scene. I'm not going to lie. All right. So, Kevin, speaking of things that are distorted, um, in the middle of our podcast, we do this very distorted thing, which seems like out of place. It may like make people feel- Are you talking feel, about the business section? Yes. Okay. People may feel like a little otherworldly when they're talking about one thing and suddenly we're talking about a different thing. Well, they can just like- Sit with it, all right? Yes. They're not paying anything for this podcast. <laughs> what do we have going on in our business section, Kevin? What do we have going on in our Patreon? Yeah, on Patreon, we have the Crime Writers on After Show this week. Rebecca Lavoie is going to talk to us about the bonus episode of Bone Valley. Hopefully, I won't cry. Bone well, Valley. I'm Can we it. make some more Bone Valley jokes? Hell yeah. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. You make a Bone Valley Can you valley put joke. that bone in the valley? <laughs> Kevin? Oh, That's the lame one. Come up with a better one. Um, <laughs> keep them coming. <laughs> that valley can't hold that bone. No. <laughs> Lara's been drinking water from Bone Valley. Oh, my God. She swallowed it all. What's hotter, the Emerald Triangle or Bone Valley? God damn it. <laughs> we also have the latest episode of Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. What's hotter? The Deep Dive or Bone Valley. <laughs> Toby Ball's Deep Dive <laughs> Book Club. The book was called Trailed, and the guests were Allison Horrock and Janet Varney. Toby, what did you think of the book? Were you a thumbs up? On, I mean, we don't do thumbs up, thumbs down, but what did you, What was your overall takeaway? Yeah, I like the book. It, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, both in the, the story itself, but then also kind of what the deal is with crime and uh, national parks and the Appalachian Trail. It's definitely eye-opening. And then also how hard it is to police those places Yeah, that, you know, usually police aren't trained to deal with, like, outdoor crimes. And I think there's only one dedicated ranger to the entire Appalachian Trail. So it's probably not catching a whole lot of stuff that goes on. Yeah. So essentially it's about a writer who thinks she can solve a murder and then goes off into the woods. Charming. Oh, okay. come on, Kevin. You're so judgy. I'm just saying, it kind of sounds like something <laughs> so else judgy. we're actually talking about. It's There's not as much weed smoking. Okay, Is there, are there, there sound go. effects in the book? Yes. In the man. book? Yeah, in the book. So every, every time I flip the page, there's a little... <laughs> oh, is this like Boner Valley right here? Oh, you should see what Laura's doing with her hands Please in that stop. microphone. Yeah. Please stop. Also on Patreon, you can listen to uh, Mary with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker Podcast. And I'm encouraging everybody to sign up for our newsletter. Go to crimewriterson.com. It's a free newsletter. But I'm telling folks that we have so many people. They keep signing up for the newsletter. Our our account keeps getting bumped up it's so to the highest now. level, yeah. to an even higher level, because like people come in Kevin's and Kevin's like, beside himself with our MailChimp bill right now. Well, it's okay. It's okay. We can write it off. I'm just saying, okay, now that we've got like another, I don't know, what is it going to be like? Thousand 800, people. like until the next level, just bring it on in. We have thousands of subscribers. We love, but like the newsletter is fucking awesome. The open rate mm-hmm. is so high. You know how you know when a newsletter is awesome? When your open rate's like 70%. That's how you yeah. know your newsletter's awesome. MailChimp. MailChimp. Yeah, so sign up for that now. You can get Thursday's newsletter with yeah. all sorts of things, including photos of the last week's uh, Pet of the Week. I have an announcement for the uh, for the newsletter. Oh, uh, what's that? Well, um, if anyone is thinking of coming to the Exeter Lit Fest on April 1st, there is now a hotel discount available. 
at the Exeter Inn in Exeter and the one and only Rabia Chaudhry is coming to Exeter on April 1st. Incredible. You should come too and hang out. And if you come the night before, we are having a Great Gatsby speakeasy party. Wow. Which is going to be very exciting. And I am putting on some Spanx and putting on my Charleston dress. Oh my God, the look yeah. that Toby gave you when he said Spanx, like he's like, what's that? All I'm right. Gonna do the Charleston. Are those shoes? <laughs> no. Yeah. They're yeah. not. All right. So, Kevin, does okay. uh, that end the business section? Yeah. Are we all set? Unless Toby wants to hijack it like Lara did. <laughs> now he's like, it's fine. Nothing okay. him, Toby. All right. So, Kevin, that ends the business section. Thus ends the business section. I'm going to go ahead and fade that music out right now. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Tienes mucho en tus manos. Pero con solo mover un dedo puedes dar marcha atrás con Pro Trailer Backup Assist disponible. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Ya sea que estés trabajando al máximo o divirtiéndote al máximo. Esta camioneta te respalda porque está hecha para ser una parte indispensable de tu equipo. Fuerza así de inteligente solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. So, Toby, there's a note that I'm surprised you didn't make about this podcast that I found myself thinking the entire time. I was surprised that you did not make a note about the extraordinary amount of like white privilege on display in this podcast with people who are like not arrested for flagrant crimes and like, I don't know, like the old man who can like repeatedly attack people and like nobody seems to care or like the cops who are like, you're doing a bunch of drug crimes, but we don't care. We're like, no, we're not about that. Or like the reporter who can sort of like fly in and fly out. And like, I just felt myself thinking like, I know we talked about this before and we talked about the Humboldt County thing before, but like there is there does seem to be a class of outlaw criminals in America who can get away with shit. And I found myself listening to this thinking like this is like a uniquely white set of crimes that only white people can get away with out in the open. Like cops are driving by and like, yeah, up there, up there, up there, up there, up there, all sorts of legal shit happening. But we don't really care about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the deal is with non-white people who are growing on the mountain and if that's that's really a thing. Murder Mountain does more to sort of give you, I mean, you kind of get a sense of what the culture is through this, but I think Murder Mountain also gave a pretty good and probably more of a sense of just how kind of lawless it is. And mm. like the sense I got was these cops are just like, we're just trying to keep our heads above water here. Like kind of triage, you know, we'll deal with the murders, like trying to get people to stop 
you know, growing weed at this point is like, you know, that cow's left the barn. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, you don't see any people of color. If you compare it to places that aren't, you know, Laytonsville in this mountain, like a hundred percent. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's situational or whether it's race. Here's, here's what made me think about it. Jeff's killers. They had like a national task force on the lookout for like these guys, right? Like this is a murder drug dealer, essentially. And I just found myself thinking like in other contexts, would a murdered drug dealer whose killers had like escaped the scene, would there be like a task force crossing state lines, looking in Mexico, like looking everywhere for these murder drug dealers, killers? I cannot comfortably say like in other settings that might be the case. It just it feels. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say the counter argument is they're looking for white guys. Right. Right. And and so the so the counter argument is, well, you know, what they're really doing is putting all this effort into finding some white guys. Right. So I, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I was a little surprised by the amount of weight they put behind this, too, because I think there's a lot of violence. I mean, that's what Murder Mountain was about. Shit like this happens. So why is this particular one given so much weight and people are so concerned about it? Maybe it's the savagery mm. of it. I don't know. Yeah. So, Laura, there are some extremely, like, wacky and colorful characters in this part of the world and in this podcast, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, going into this, this weed scene in California, hearing about the people that, you know, right off the bat, the guy that he meets at the party who was like, oh, yeah, I went out there and I worked there and, like, this is what I did. And But then from that... You know, you've got this woman, they just happened to meet at the party who's like, oh, I was like the shaman medicine woman to Jeff. And like, we slept together every night, but not like that. And then you've got the old guy who like owns the shack where the murder happened. And, you know, listening to him talk, he's extremely colorful. And, you know, the guy that's riding in the van and he's going on and on, was it about like reincarnation or something? And like, for like hours on their ride. So for me, I love interesting characters. You know me, I love people watching. So some of that was fun to listen to. It it was all fun to listen to. But at the same time, like we had said before, like, I don't think I would take their stories as credible necessarily, but they're entertaining. I would, if I was out, like literally, if I saw some of these people, I would just go and talk to them because that's what I do. Because I'd be like, oh, like my poor friend, Jen, who I traumatized when we were in Key West because we were bored. And I was like, look at that guy. Let's go talk to him. Let's go talk to him. He looks like he has like a fur vest on. And so I went over and like patted him and I'm like, is this real fur? And the next thing I know, he's like, it's coyote fur. Yeah. And I shot it myself. So like, I totally would go talk to all these people out in weed country because they're wacky. And, And I think to some degree that sets up the world that this murder happened in, that you don't have any credible witnesses. And I think advancing that further Even the people that are now implicated in this, they don't know what the fuck happened. Like, there's nobody credible to give an account of what's happening out there amongst these wacky characters, right? We do hear some tape of them, Kevin. And you made a note about one of the pieces of tape we hear about one of the people implicated in the story. Oh, I can totally tell why they call that guy Giggles. Yes. Giggles, kind of a big goober. Every sentence ends with a goofy, weird laugh. Our interview with Giggles. (laughs) <laughs> it's a good nickname for that guy. I don't know why they call Cricket Cricket, though. We didn't hear him uh, making any cricket noises, right? So I, I, Maybe I, his wireless plan is really inexpensive. I, I do want to talk about how those tapes were obtained. And this, I think, is a big flaw in the podcast. And I just want to say, Sam Anderson seems like a very 
lovely person and an earnest reporter. That being said, when it comes to showing your work in a podcast, perhaps saying that you've never done something before and being proud of a thing that is incredibly common to do, such as obtaining public records. <laughs> um, I don't know. It seemed incredibly naive and non-charming to me. And like very, you know how we used to, back in the early days of our show, be like, don't make us listen to your phone call where you're trying to get a thing that we know is not that hard to get. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of that in this podcast. And then I waited a week and then I heard back and then I got this. And then the guy told me to go upstairs, right? And what documents are you wanting from the case? I'm looking for investigative reports. What kind of investigative reports? Uh, What are they after? What do you got? Okay, so I'll admit it, this was my first time asking for any kind of court records for a story, and I didn't really know what to look for. How's he going to get it when he's living in a tent? I know, I'm just... Well, he's going to go to in his car and fire up his laptop, because we had to hear about that, too, because that was his office. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, some of those details, I think, are pretty interesting, but you're right, but as far as... But what would uh, Bob Woodward do? What would Bob Woodward do? He'd go get coffee, and then what would he do? Well, I mean, I think he's trying to, like bring his own voice to this and that it's a little irreverent and you know he's kind of leaning into his greenness on this i was a little enamored with this but definitely like in um i'll be gone in the dark it's like the writers always think that like they obtained public records and it's the most amazing thing and they did it you know like that was a big achievement that they found a whole bunch of documents other people wrote you know in one big file they're public they're Exactly. <laughs> but it, it did contain an awful lot of great audio. So, and that was really the basis of, of some of the stronger parts of the podcast. So, I want to ask you, Toby, because I found myself asking this question. The thesis of the podcast is I don't believe my friend could have possibly done this or didn't, he didn't potentially do it. But this, this crime is exceedingly violent. And we get to the end. And of course, this is the spoilery section. His friend did it, right? His friend was involved in this murder. And everyone says, like, his friend orchestrated this murder. And maybe his friend didn't know it was going to be a murder, but his friend definitely orchestrated this sort of incursion. Are we supposed to walk away with something? Because it seems the conclusion is basically like, yeah, there are consequences when you do shit. Like, even his friend, Zach, sends him an Instagram message that says, the lesson here should be when you make choices, bad things can happen. Yeah, and I like I didn't I, I kind of like some parts of this podcast. Like I, I, I like hearing about this culture and I, I just think it's it's pretty interesting. But I think one thing that's pretty clear is when you're up on the mountain, you're isolated, you're living in squalor, like your boss is giving you acid to keep you awake so you can work. It's just like I mean, this is nuts, right? And plus you're paranoid all the time because you're worried somebody's going to show up with guns and take all your stuff. And it's like a lot of drugs, a lot of paranoia, a lot of living really, really, really rough. And the idea that this is going to lead to rational actions, you know, I, I just kind of feel like when he's like, Oh, you know, there's no way Jeff would Zach would do this. It's like, well, Zach's not hanging out in your little town wrestling in high school anymore. Like he's, as they say, he's an outlaw. And then when you add on that night, the fact that, as they say, 
We did acid. We drank a shitload of whiskey. We took Valium, I think, or, or Xanax or something. I'm sure they're smoking weed. Those guys were loaded when they went up there. And this other guy talks earlier about like, hey, when you're on acid, like everybody's kind of in the same mindset. Like it's all kind of set up to be like, yeah, it's not hard to imagine shit going wrong. And it's not hard to imagine people getting carried away. So when you're like, well, this seemed really personal. It's like, well, maybe, or maybe these guys are just so loaded and sort of egging each other on. And that just became, you know, it became a frenzy. Yeah. So I just kind of felt like there was a lot of things that seemed kind of mysterious, which you could sort of chalk up to a lot of drugs and a lot of shitty living conditions and a lot of paranoia over the course of a fairly long period of time. It's not just like a night or two. It's like months. So when it was all over, I was like, yeah, well, you can take like guys who aren't completely well adjusted because all these guys are on the run and you put them in that situation. And yeah, it's like not surprising that messed up stuff happens. But isn't the real potential mystery here, like whether or not Lou orchestrated the thing? And we like touch on that at the end. And then like, that's like. Yeah, he, that's it. That was an interesting but then, thing. Well, and then doesn't the cop say good detective work kind of sarcastically yeah. and then the host thinks it was real and I'm like I think that was sarcastic actually I think it may have been but then Lou is actually caught in a van attacking people who live in his property twice but it goes by so quickly but the whole green light episode green light green light green light but it's like that's not really a mystery I mean it's like I don't know Kevin you made a note that's interesting the flaw is the thesis like what did you mean by that yeah it's like um I'm going to go out and find out what really happened. So that like implies that the official story isn't the truth and the actual truth like that can be divined somehow. And it just can't because can you do that with audio recordings and interviews with friends? You can get some of it. But if you're going to go up there and say, OK, we've got seven or eight people who, you know, were part of this killing. They're all in jail or at least they were all, you know, charged and faced the consequences i believe i can't remember everybody's status but the idea that we're gonna find out something other than what happened that's a i'm gonna say it's a stretch but that's a high bar right i'm gonna find out something and i'm gonna tell you something you don't know i feel like if perhaps the idea was i think you know going into this zach was involved but maybe he just i want to i figure out that he just like went along to get along or whatever and at the end, if you find out or towards the end, you find out, no, he didn't just get along, go along to get along. He seemed to be the one pushing this. He seemed to be the most culpable. That kind of would be a dramatically like a really good surprise. But I just sort of think, you know, I just sort of think that if what is interesting about this is that it happened to your buddy, then there's not much there. There's a lot of great character stuff and interesting interstitial scenes, but about like finding out what the mystery is, it's kind of, it's a bit of a fool's errand. Yeah. It's like, this just happened to my friend and that's what the podcast is about. Well, you got to find out. I'm going to find out. Well, he, you know, you can find out he was framed and didn't actually do it. You know, and everybody says he was there. It's like, what exactly do you think you can find out? We used to be kids in Jersey who rode our bikes and we were free like fireflies and then he murdered somebody. Yeah. And I'm sitting here looking at all these posters. <laughs> <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Las acciones dicen más que las palabras. Abre el Pro Access Tailgate disponible de la nueva Ford F-150. Sí, una puerta oscilatoria de fácil acceso para convertir su cama en tu nuevo taller. Conecta tus herramientas al Pro Power Onboard disponible. Ya sea que necesites soldar o cortar madera, con la F-150 puedes. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Pro Access Tailgate disponible en la primavera de 2024. All right, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Crooked City, the Emerald Triangle? Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for this season of Crooked City? So I'm going to go thumbs sideways because I like this weed scene in California, the quirky characters, totally unbelievable stories that you hear. I still, after watching Murder Mountain, sort of have an interest in that section of the country and, and, and what really happens there and what the dynamic is there. And I will say there were some things in this podcast that I, I liked that they did when we were flashing back, if we were like, and Rebecca, you remember Rebecca, and then he would pull tape from Rebecca before. So whereas sometimes I don't follow when there's a lot of characters, that was a really, for me, a good tool that was used. I could have done without some of the over-the-top flowery writing and descriptions that were part of this. And I think that's why I'm not going thumbs up. And also some of this was just sort of too fantastical to believe, but you know what? I listened to it while I was walking this week and I was entertained. I just, I had issues with the way that some of it was done. And honestly, all I could hear was Ted from Schitt's Creek, Ted, the vet. Every time this host was like, did anyone else think this narrator just sounded totally like Ted from Schitt's Creek? Didn't have that in my head at the time, but now okay. I will. Thanks. Now <laughs> yeah, you will. So, yeah, I mean, I think there there's some issues with this, but I think we listen to so many podcasts that are about the same topics and the same type of murder cases. That to me, that was interesting. It was a different type of case. But overall, I can't give it a thumbs up, so I'm going thumbs sideways. Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for the Emerald Triangle? Yeah, this is a weird one for me because I, you know, I like the idea behind it and I think he's got a lot of good tape and I think there's some really interesting stuff. I don't necessarily think that they do everything they could with that stuff. And, you know, there were times when I was kind of scratching my head and saying, really? So I don't know. I'm somewhere between a thumb sideways and a mild thumbs up. I I guess I'll give it, I'm going to give it a thumb sideways. I think it's sort of a, it's. It's like a high thumb side, and I don't mean high. that double entendre. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good thumb sideways. I I liked listening to it. I found it entertaining. I thought some of the stuff was really interesting. I just wish you know he'd been able to do a little bit more with it, or maybe deviate a little bit from his original quest once he saw that that probably wasn't going to pan out, and maybe there were some other things he could have drawn from his experience. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it was it was a fine listen. 
Kevin Flynn. I'm very much in line with Toby on on the points. I'm going thumbs sideways. I can't really say thumbs down. Don't listen to this because there's a lot of a lot of work went into it. It has some good tape. I think you get a sense of the crime, but I think there ought to be there ought to have been more to this podcast than there actually was. I mean, I know ten episodes and they were all less than a, you know uh, thirty minutes. Still feels like some of this was long and not like pared down like in a focused way, but. You know, it just it's uh, just one of those things when you're dealing with a lot of unreliable narrators, it's hard to come up with a um, a really strong ending. All these podcasts need to have a beginning, middle and end. And I'm not sure whether we got the end. So I'm going to go thumb sideways. All right. So I disagree with all of you. I'm giving this podcast a thumbs down. I think you were all fooled by how good <laughs> this sounds because <laughs> it does sound good. Sam has a good mic quality. Uh, it's well produced. Sure, there's good tape. This podcast is poorly constructed, poorly written, and there is no there there at all. If this podcast didn't sound as good as it sounds, if it was made by Wondery, you would all be giving it a thumbs down. Like if it was like an old school Wondery podcast with like some journalist that's like not really a journalist and it had all the exact same writing that it has and it had like slightly worse sound effects and slightly worse production quality. I guarantee you would all be giving it a thumbs down. Because but they have an awesome theme song. There was very, very, I'm sorry, there was poor writing in this podcast. There was amateurish, poor writing and poor construction in this podcast. And I got to say, Sam seems lovely and earnest. And this was a good, like, effort. But it was very much an effort where there was no there there and someone decided to make 10 episodes of a podcast anyway. You feel like a little bit like there was a lawyer that got involved and said, you can't say this and can't no, say that. Though. That's no? not okay. how I feel. All right. I feel like there was no there there and a podcast got made anyway. That's how I feel. And I also feel like there wasn't an editor in the room to say things like talking about fireflies in a backyard and looking at posters on your teenage wall and whatever that is just cliched and whatever and like just write it better, do it better, be sharper. The best tape I heard in this podcast was near the very end when Sam is in the car with a dude who had worked on a pot farm for a long time and he's like, I asked him if you should be a weed trimmer and the dude was like, no, do not do it. Like, and I'm like, why am I hearing the most interesting voice in this whole podcast in the last like 10 minutes of this podcast? Um, there's just no there there. And it should not have made a 10 episode podcast. So everyone involved in this, you made it sound great, but I cannot recommend Crooked City of the Emerald Triangle. Sorry, everyone. Didn't like it. All right. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call the crime of, crime of the week. The week. An argument about a missing laptop caused a guest at a Shanghai hotel to smash up the lobby by driving his car through it. When he failed to get satisfaction from the front desk, the man got into a sports car and drove it through the revolving glass doors. Once inside, he began swerving around, crunching walls, and knocking over furniture. But when he tried to escape, the car got stuck in the doorframe. No one was hurt. Authorities say the laptop was later found outside. No word on whether the hotel will charge the damage to his card, which he left for incidentals. So, panel, it may not have been just the hotel losing his laptop. What other complaint about the hotel did this man have? Laura Bricker, what do you think? 
Well, two things. Clearly, they didn't have Brooklyn and sheets. Mm, yes. <laughs> or chocolates on the pillows. All right. Toby Ball, what do you think the other complaint about this hotel the man had was? No easy pass lane at the breakfast buffet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? Uh, no turndown service. I think maybe they overcharged for the movie rentals. That's what I think. Sometimes parking can be an issue there. So, yeah. That's true. All right, Laura Bricker, folks want to reach out to you with their favorite hotel complaints. How can they follow you on social media? They can find me at Laura Bricker. And Joey Ball, folks want to reach out to you to find out how your soccer team, the Senior Frogs, are doing. How can they find you on social media? Please, please just don't. Uh, at Toby Ball NH. <laughs> Kevin Flynn, how can you be found online? I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's okay if you disagree with my reviews. You can let me know. You can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On, and I encourage you to join the incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. Just go to our regular old Facebook page, hit join the group, we'll let you in. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll get the Crime Writers on After Show right now. Plus, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker Podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcasts. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the very handsome Olivia Burdett. The executive producer of this fine program is, yes, the love of my life, Kevin Flynn. It's about time. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement, covered in posters of our favorite bands from when we were in high school. Slayer! Uh, no, 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 no. You too. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. Later. Well, I was like, uh, pandemic, I was like, we're watching movies, and I'm like, 55 seemed good before the pandemic. Yes. Yes. Not so anymore. (laughs) Well, we'll never get a bigger TV now because it's the size of the wall. It fills the whole tiny wall. Oh, I only have a 50-inch. Do you want a 55? That's what she said. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 